BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is The Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to The Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. You know, the Millie Project is a play based on the true story of Millie Sawyers, a slave in Springfield, Missouri, who sued for her freedom and won a decade before the Dred Scott case. The Millie Project has been performed across the country, including right here in St. Louis at Webster University. Take a look. Let Joining me now, Robin Jefferson Higgins. She is chair of the Department of Legal Studies and associate professor at Webster University, and Dr. Warren Rosenblum. He is professor of history, politics, and international relations at Webster University. Thank you both so much for being here. I appreciate it. Robin, let's start with you. What was your reaction when you learned of this case? Um, complete surprise. Um, you think you know everything, um, especially I teach legal history in particular at Webster University. So you, when something comes up like this, you're really surprised. Um, and especially to find something hidden. It's like this hidden history. And I'm so pleased um, that these students at Willard um, High School in Springfield took it upon themselves to give a voice to someone who normally would not have a voice. Mm -hmm. Dr. Rosenblum, I have to tell you, I was shockingly just stunned when I heard about this case. What was your reaction? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing story, and it really brings out just what extraordinary courage it took for enslaved peoples to challenge their masters in court. And you know, we all know the story of Dred Scott, as, as and Robin teaches it, so no one knows it better than uh, the present company, but um, the fact that Dred Scott himself took such incredible risks is made even clearer when you see the story of somebody like Millie Sawyers, who years earlier sued successfully for her freedom and then was beaten in the streets and treated horribly and, you know, almost died. And I think that gives you a context. It, it makes people like Dred Scott seem even more extraordinary than they already did. And that's the thing, in that era, to do that, I mean, how does one who's enslaved sue for their freedom? Yeah. I mean, it begs the question, right. how does that happen, Robin? Well, you know, fortunately in St. Louis, St. Louis is more progressive. Um, than a lot of the cities in Missouri. And so Missouri having this strange situation, we are this border state. Um, we were close to Illinois, and then we're talking about that time a lot of territories were, in, in the north, were free territories. And so what happened here in Missouri, and St. Louis in particular, is that there were attorneys willing to take these cases on for free. And so that definitely helps when you have someone that's willing to take, an attorney to take your case on for free. And cases have been successful, probably about a 40% rate, though. Um, but sometimes the reason why they were not successful is because someone disappeared. Maybe the owner left, or maybe the person who was suing to, for their freedom was taken away. Um, so 
St. Louis being as progressive as it was, and still is to a certain extent, of course, um, but that is what allowed these individuals to have the nerves to do this because they know it had been successful before. Well, it takes a lot of courage, as Dr. Rosenblum said, because of the reprisals that can happen when you do this. So let's back up a little bit and talk about um, Millie Sawyers and her history. So was the situation that she was in a slave state, her owners took her to a free state, and then she was returned back to a slave state, and she was like, no, 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 I'm free. Yes. And so here in Missouri, during that time period, we had the doctrine, um, once free, always free. And so once you're taken from a slave state and taken into a free state, that is when those individuals that were slaves begin to think, well, if other people can do this because now I have been moved to a free state, then I have the ability to, to, free, to sue for my freedom. And so in this situation, she was actually taken, I believe, from Alabama to Ohio, which was a free state. And then she ended up in St. Louis, even though Missouri was a slave state. But again, in St. Louis being progressive, she was able to um, take it upon herself to, to sue for her freedom. Unfortunately, she was not successful here. Mm. Matter of fact, she wasn't successful two times here. Right, I was going to say, because didn't it take like three times? Took three times. Yeah. And what's interesting, because I mentioned before that St. Louis was very progressive during this time period regarding the freedom suits, and especially attorneys willing to take it upon themselves to represent these people for free, um, it's interesting that she actually won her freedom in Springfield. Right, yeah. But another thing that's interesting about Springfield, though, from what I understand and what I read, is that after she was free, some of the founders of Springfield are the ones who beat her nearly yes. to death. And now we have streets, Dr. Rosenblum, named after these founders who beat this woman. Right. It's such a sign of how we bury our history, um, sometimes simply because it's forgotten, sometimes because there are people insisting we forget it. And, and these really were the city leaders of Springfield who were involved in this mob action against this incredibly courageous woman who, as Robin you know, so eloquently described, finally wins her freedom at the third time trying. You know, it looks like a happy ending to this story when she's finally got her freedom. And the very people who, you know, should have been applauding this incredible civic mindedness and show of, of, of legal uh, rectitude instead turn against her and, um, and, and cause this, this horrific outcome. And to this day, there's still streets named after her. Right. Yes. I know, it's only in and, America. And, and, and a bus <laughs> in, in, one, in one of the parks. You know? Right. I'm, yes. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I just can't wrap yeah. my brain around yeah. that. Well, it gets even worse. I believe Robin can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, John P. Campbell, the uh, court clerk, mm -hmm. who was one of the key figures, act it may be the case there, I think they're not sure of this, but it may be the case that the trial was held in his house <laughs> because they hadn't yet built the, the courthouse. You're correct. And then he was one of the people involved in the mob action. Right. And meanwhile, he becomes this founder of Springfield who's got all sorts of things named after him. So yeah, it's pretty uh, disturbing all right. in all. It is, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the court and the clerk, because wasn't it an archivist who actually found this case? Yes. And presented it to a reporter who wrote a story about it? Yes, a reporter and a historian as well. Okay. So they started digging deeper into the story, um, and so that's how they found out about the three suits that she actually filed um, to gain her freedom um, by digging deeper into what occurred. Um, what, what's so interesting, though, when Warren mentioned about the fact that she was, you know, taken out of home, taken out of her home because she worked for an individual and beat, um, you know, no one knows what happened to her afterwards. And so, as Warren mentioned, we have these individuals that were engaged in this type of activity that have parks named after them, 
they have streets named after them, but yet we have no idea what happened to Nellie Sawyer. And then what about her family? Yes, because she had two children, a, a daughter and a son at the time, and again, no one knows what happens. And so, it, it, as Warren mentioned, it shows you how interesting history can be played out because we know that history many times is told from the view of the victor and not the victim. And so we have um, these individuals who are founders um, engaged in this type of activity and they went on to have prosperous lives and careers, but we don't know what happened to Mo uh, Molly Sire or her children as well. Yeah, and I'm sure there are hundreds of cases like this, Dr. Rosenblum, yeah. that we don't even know about. Right, well, you know, we're, <laughs> and that's interesting too, because um, it was relatively recently that a lucky researcher found 300 case files right here in St. Louis, mm -hmm. reflecting these freedom suits before, uh, before or during the age of Dred Scott. And that was such a find, such a lucky find. And subsequently, there have been a number of books now, so we know a lot more today than we did previously about these freedom suits. Um, so there were at least 300 just in St. Louis, and as Robin pointed out, probably 40% were successful. Um, but again, just you know, this really puts it in context, and the story of Millie Sawyer gives a human face to these legal cases that we didn't have before. And the thing about it is there's no restitution, there is no, I mean, did anybody ever apologize to uh -huh. Millie Sawyer's or her family for this? Not at all. And again, she just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, we have no idea what happened to her or her family. Um, so it, it, it is really a sad um, situation to occur. And I believe that one of the documents indicated that the, the judge that presided over hearings, um, he was cited for not, he knew about the mob activity. I think there was some type of um, charge levied against him because he did nothing to stop it. And so I, when I think about um, this particular situation. I think about now um, the Missouri Supreme Court um, is encouraging or has required attorneys to now go through implicit training, um, you know, implicit bias training. And so um, that is the reason why we brought it here because these are the people that are putting together laws. These are the people that are adjudicating um, individuals before them, but yet you have someone involved in this type of activity, the judge himself. Absolutely. Well, I thank you both so much for coming in talking about the Millie Sawyer's case. It really is fascinating, it's tragic, and hopefully there is hope for us at, down, the, um, down the road because I'm sure we haven't heard the end of this story. Absolutely. I'm sure it's still progressing, so thank you so much for being here. I appreciate thank you for it. Having me. And when we come back, we're going to tell you about a high school that is using a unique model to prepare its students for college and careers. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome back to The Pulse of St. Louis. You know, Clyde C. Miller Career Academy has a unique program designed to prepare students for success in college and various careers. Joining me now, Kenyatta Wigley. She's a junior at Careers Academy. James Andrews, he's a senior at Career Academy. Dr. Dana Haywood, she is principal of Clyde C. Miller Career Academy. And Jamez J. Watson III. Project Manager, St. Louis Development Corporation. Thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate it. Dr. Haywood, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your school. So, Clyde Miller is one of 13 high schools in St. Louis Public Schools. And what makes us unique is that we have a career technical education emphasis at our school, which means that when they enter in their freshman year, they've made a commitment to select one of the 10 pathways that we offer. So, those pathways include business administration, CNA, physical therapy, multimedia, 
database management, network connectivity, engineering, electricity, culinary and hospitality. So there's really something for every single student that comes through the door. But we're really special as well because our mission is that every student will be career and college ready. So as they're pursuing those pathways, they also complete a very rigorous academic program. And we have students that go on and do excellent at the post-secondary level. Awesome. Kenyatta, tell me about the program you selected and why. So I selected physical therapy slash sports medicine because I would love to be a doctor. And my grandmother is kind of older, so the physical therapy part I can help her with later in life because she is 70. Doesn't nice. look it, though. But I also picked it because I, I am going to be a future surgeon, general surgeon, and or heart or brain surgeon. Nice. And one wonderful thing about CA that I love, first of all, I am a transfer student. So they have welcomed me there with open arms. And I get a great internship at senior my senior year. I'll have a wonderful internship. Well, I'll be there half the school year of my second semester at least. And if I do well enough, which I will because I have to, I will get a job there. And nice. it'll be really nice on my college, college letters and applying for things. Very good. James, you are a senior. Tell me about the field you selected and why. So the field I selected is computer, computer connectivity. And the reason why I picked that field is because technology is steadily advancing. So I still, you know, I feel like there are going to be a lot of jobs out there, especially since, you know, all the technology is steadily advancing. So I want to kind of go out there and then plus I love technology, you know, dealing with games and stuff like that, computers. And I just found out that I'm good with computer networking. So I I want to take a crack at it, so I wanted to continue down that field and then help fuel my other interests, which is going to music and drawing. With art. So you are a senior. What are your plans? Are you planning to go to college or are you going to dive into a career? I'm planning to go to college. I'm planning to go to college and go into my major, which is computer connectivity. No, wait, no. Eh. Which is computer networking and computer telecommunications. Eh. It's okay. Computer okay. telecommunications. Uh, what do you like most about the program? I say the uh, networking, like the experience, in, um, basically like the exposure that they have, like meeting new people, I feel like that's very important because I get to meet new people every day and then they're hearing their stories on how like they get to go choose their careers and like so with James, he's currently in his second semester of his senior year, and he's out in the field on internship um, three days a week. He's been doing really fantastic things. I know he's had a lot of exposure with Microsoft and Bear, and he's been to Boeing. And every single time that they're out in the field with these internships, I'm receiving reports back about just how outstanding our students are. And so for St. Louis Public Schools, it's just been really important that we partner with the community. One of our strategic plan goals is that we extend those partnerships. But what's also been promising for us is that the community has welcomed our students with open arms. So many organizations and industry is now pushing towards more apprenticeship style training because they know that the workforce, there's a need to continue fueling our workforce. And where we're located, there's tons of development, which I'm sure Jay will talk about in a moment, but it's just been great to watch our students come through as freshmen go through the pathway training, and then be able to pursue their passions on, on really a daily basis. Nice. Jay, so fill me in and tell me about your involvement with the program at school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, working for the St. Louis Development, Project Manager for the St. Louis Development Corporation, our goal is to grow the local economy for the city of St. Louis. 
and uh, we were successful in retaining the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency in 2016 as a promise to fulfill to both NGA and the larger industry. It's our goal to create that workforce pipeline of the future to be able to sustain and, and bring talent into those jobs uh, in the future. So our partnership with uh, Career Academy was a, a match made in heaven, for lack of a better term, because they have, they have the, the, the tools and the resources and the focus on uh, preparing their students for our future in those high STEM fields. And that exactly aligns with what our goal is as an agency. It's and talk more about that because technology is such a wide ranging field and it is growing and there is a shortage of people to fill those opportunities that are available not only here in St. Louis but across the country. Sure, sure. We, we believe we can create a model for how to, to not only recruit but also prepare uh, the current workforce for those uh, interdisciplinary needs in the tech field. Um, it's a highly competitive field, as, as you as you are aware. Um, takes a lot of training and, and, and study, but we believe that we if we prepare the students with the programs and also the support wraparound services to to lead them through their uh, matriculation in high school and in college, they'll be prepared, well prepared for future in these in these fields. Kenyatta, how well prepared do you feel you are? And, and tell Ooh. me about the education that you're getting at. Career I Academy. am extremely prepared. My teacher, Dr. J. First of all, we have. Our test, the way he tests us, we have two types of tests. We have our written test, of course. Then we have our physical and our verbal test. He's constantly honest about the reviews. So if you, he makes sure you pass this. He'll work with your schedule if you have to retake anything. And I've got so many great opportunities to be in his class. I am currently in the Washi Saturday Scholars Program. Nice. Which means every Saturday for another two weeks, I've been in it for five already. I get to go to WashU, I get to sit through college lectures, I get to work with cadavers, and from that program I get to go to Mizzou as well for an overnight trip. So me, Dr. J, his networking is so well that he has su supplied all of his students with this vast, if you really want it, you go out there and take it, and he is willing to provide you and prepare you for anything and everything that anything will throw at you, because I knew stuff that some of the WashU students didn't know. Wow, look at you. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, see, when you go into those arenas, especially when you're standing on that stage, you got to perform, and it sounds like you're doing that, right? Uh-huh, very good. James, tell me, what are some of the things that you've learned on your internship? I learned a lot. There was a lot to, like, at first, everything comes at you. It's kind of, like, a little too fast, and then you have to, like, kind of, like, figure to sort things out. But after a while, you kind of get the used to or kind of get the hang of things, and that, it taught me a lot because you have to be on fast pace to dealing, going to meetings, going to certain projects, having stuff due on the day that is supposed to be due. So dealing with stuff like that is pretty fun. It's worthwhile experience. And like I said before, the connections, meeting all those people is very great. And it kind of it kind of prepares you for what you about to go through, especially in your career. So absolutely, very very. Grateful for that. Yeah. yeah, networking is important, and it's great that you're in that space that you can see how the real world really works. Mm -hmm. And and Dr. Hay would talk a little bit about that because so many times our children don't get that exposure. Absolutely. But this is incredible that they are actually getting hands-on experience and they get to see how the real world works. Yes, and so the relevancy that our students are able to experience every single day between the classroom and then the actual field experience definitely makes it come to life. Um, we've been focusing tremendously on soft skills, so he talked about being able to do the time management, organizational skills, and then also supporting those soft skills with those more technical skills. And so when they're in the pathway, they are learning the vocabulary, but when they're out in the field, they're getting to see those things actually come together. 
And so when I go and visit them at their sites, it's always just outstanding and really astounding to see what an 18-year-old person can do when someone makes a commitment in terms of allowing them to shadow and to train and to have conversations and to just support and push. Because I think we're figuring out that a person, an 18-year-old person today is not who they will be in 20, at 25 or 30. But if you commit to them today, you will have a lot of say in terms of how that kind of plays out in their lives. And so we are just forever grateful for the 130 partnerships that we currently have because there are 132 students um, that are seniors this year. They're out in St. Louis. And so it's a good chance that when you walk into any, any organization or industry in the immediate Midtown area, there's a Class C Miller student there. How many students total are at Career Care? Currently, we have about 500 students. 500 students, and then what are the requirements to get in? So in order to, thank you for asking, in order to be considered for admittance to Christy Miller, you have to have a 3.0 GPA, 90% um, or greater attendance, and then limited discipline. We always review every single application. So if a student is right on the bubble, we'll do an interview, accept recommendations, because as I said before, we consider ourselves a place for all students. And so I don't want one decision or one grade to eliminate a student from being able to um, take advantage of what we have to offer because we do have a lot to offer our students. In Kenyatta, being a transfer student, we accept students along the way. We try to admit them by the junior year because of all of the training that's required to be prepared to enter um, their field experience in their senior year. But even in some very special cases, we've allowed seniors to join us as well. And then what is your graduation rate? We have a 96% graduation follow-up rate, which is different than graduation. We're at 100% of our students graduate. But I want to stress the graduation follow-up rate, which is something that DESE measures, and which is one of the metrics that I feel like says we did a great job because after they leave us, what they decide to do really tells, is telling in terms of whether or not it took or if it stuck with them. And so with our graduation follow-up rate, our students are either enlisted employed or enrolled at a um, higher in education institution, which is just amazing. That is amazing. Jamez, give us a sense of the kinds of opportunities that are available in the St. Louis area. Well, this is a, this is a great town to be a St. Louisan. Um, everyone, and I'll, and I'll focus it on the GIS piece and kind of the STEM fields right now. Um, everyone sees the importance of our, our national progress to be competitive in the STEM fields and the importance of, uh, of instilling those principles in our, our young people. Um, if St. Louis wants to maintain that, that's, that uh, center of the universe mentality, uh, we must make sure we retain the talent we have in our city. Um, so programs like we have with the Gateway GIS and also Class C Miller, or as, uh, is creating that exposure for the students, but it's also being intentional about the education of the local community being involved in the revitalization of the area as well. And I'm sure, Dr. Haywood, parents have got to be involved, too, in our children's success. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. i got to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk about how parents are involved making sure our students are, success and are successful and they are getting the experience and the knowledge that they need. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. Welcome back. Before we went to break, I was asking Dr. Haywood about parental involvement into the success of the students at Career Academy. So let's talk a little bit about that, Dr. Haywood, and why it's so significant. Yeah, so students spend more time at home than they do at school, so that's number one. And so having spent, I guess, the last 15 years of my career working with students, it's become just completely obvious to me that if we want to have success with our students, we have to partner with the home. 
And so at Classic Mill, there are a number of opportunities for our families to come in and support our students. Some of them happen occur during the school day, but many of them happen outside of the school day. And it reaches beyond athletic contests. Um, we know that parents who are engaged have a far higher success rate with their students. It's not always involvement because a lot of parents are working and so they can't come to the school. But there are things that you can do in terms of making sure that you ask, yes, even high schoolers, if they have completed their homework or what did you learn at school today rather than what did you do at school today. I think the phrasing is important. And just calling in to just find out, you know, how's my student performing in your classroom before the grades are already in, put it into the system, um, are ways that parents can help support their child through their high school experience. And it sounds like you're getting a lot of experience and a lot of support from the parents. Yes. Sounds good. Well, I thank you all so much for being here. Congratulations, Kenyatta and James. We expect even more great things from you young people, so keep it up, all right? And thank you thank for joining you. us for the Pulse of St. Louis. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. And remember, for news 24-7, download the free Fox 2 and News 11 apps. I'll see you next time.